Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest will be on the Shell Pins All Performance Line. Going to get some insight into this AB business quickly here, which I think is very interesting. One of the most interesting things that will happen in the NFL in the next two weeks will be someone signing Antonio Brown. Will that wind up putting a team over the hump? Or will it wind up destroying a team completely? Will the NFL even let it happen? We'll talk about all those things. I also have a couple of personal things to share today, one of which made me a tad melancholy, but I just feel like telling you about it, and I will. I also had maybe my least athletic moment ever on television this morning, and that's really saying something. To be less athletic than I've been historically is really setting a new bar. It was already pretty low. I think it has been reset today. All of those and more are on the way, but let me start with a quick couple of words on the World Series. So now even at one game apiece, Rays get some offense from an unexpected place. Brandon Lau basically hadn't hit the ball in three weeks. Last night he had two home runs, multi-home run game for the Rays. Uh, the Dodgers had a, had a bullpen game, which is just ridiculous. Um, and they wind up, and the, the Rays bullpen winds up being spectacular. And so they even the game at a series apiece. On Friday night, we get the pitching matchup you really want to see. Charlie Morton against Walker Bueller in game three, the critical game three in this series. But now both teams, after the off day today, will have their pitching lined up the way they wanted, and the bullpens will be rested. And it's basically a best of five between the best team all year long in the National League and the best team all year long in the American League. So if you like baseball, you can't ask for better than this. Maybe your team isn't in it. But if your team, notwithstanding, you can't ask for more than we get now starting tomorrow night from the World Series. And again, every pitch of it is right here on ESPN Radio. I had Robert Stanberry, only the third, you know him as Buster, on TV with me this morning. I asked him where he thinks the advantage is one game apiece. Here's what he told me. I still think the Dodgers have an advantage. I picked them to win this World Series in six because of the depth of that lineup. It didn't manifest last night in the way that it did in game one, but ultimately the experience, the power, Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner, it's an overpowering offense that I think in the end the Rays will not be able to match. All right, so we will find out if he is right. Again, the series takes the break today and then on they go tomorrow, and it's been pretty good. It's been pretty compelling so far. I like it. Blake Snell was very good last night, and you know, they yank him as soon as they start getting to him. That's just something we all have to get used to as baseball fans rather than seeing these starters sort of try and, and muscle through when they seem to start getting figured out. It, it's, it's, it just is what it is. It is the sport in 2020. Again, these are two good teams. They're the best teams in the sport all year long. Best of five now to decide it. So we'll talk much more about that as we work our way through the World Series. And I am Greeny, and we are presented here by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. Okay, I wanted to bring Jeremy Fowler into the conversation here. Terrific NFL insider for us at ESPN. He's been great with us on Get Up, and he has covered the Steelers in particular closely for a long time, now covers the entire league but he knows Antonio Brown and knows the ins and outs of that situation about as well as anybody. And so Jeremy jumps in here for a moment on the Shell Pendrel performance line. Jeremy, thanks, as always. What do you know about the possibilities of Antonio Brown and Seattle as far as the chances that happens and how good a fit you think it would be? 
And uh, Seattle's definitely a pretty strong possibility. They're not ready to, to pull the trigger and start to negotiate yet. But it's my understanding that they did a very deep dive on Antonio Brown in the summer before the season in both his personal life and his on-field impact, just to see where things stand and whether they could bring him into their locker room comfortably. So uh, they came to the conclusion that they would basically put it on file, see what happens. Closer no, guys, to let's put it on. Is this, is this, is this as much a problem as I think it is? Nuno, I, I, I'm sitting in my house, but I was waiting for someone to tell me, let's put Jeremy on hold and try and... And, and, and get a little better sell because what he's telling us is very important. He knows incredibly important details on this, and I want to make sure that you can hear them. Um, and if I can't, I'm worried that you can't understand what he's saying. Um, he was beginning to tell us that the Seahawks did their diligence on Antonio Brown. Let me recap the situation for those of you who aren't aware of where we are with AB. His suspension is for the first eight weeks of this season. We are now in week seven. So... I'm no genius in math, but that means next week is week eight. He is eligible week nine. But if you want to sign Antonio Brown and get the maximum out of him, you have to sign him next week. Because once you sign him and he comes to your facility, he has to go through a five-day coronavirus protocol. That was the reason Le'Veon Bell didn't play Monday night for Kansas City. So if you just bring Antonio Brown in after next weekend's games, he will not be ready to play starting week nine. You want to maximize this. And so, Jeremy, hopefully we have a better line for you here. Go ahead and pick up that thought. You were telling me that the Seahawks did their due diligence on him over the summer. Yeah, hey, Greeny, sorry about that. So, no uh, yeah, we looked into both his personal and professional life to see how comfortable they would be signing him. Knowing that they wouldn't do anything now, they'd wait till closer to the suspension. I'm told they basically put that on file, said, we'll see where we're at whenever his suspension is over. Now, I'm told they're very comfortable with their receivers as of now. They don't feel pressed to make the move, uh, but certainly they're in play and considering it. I know that there are one of several teams that looked into it. You know, Antonio Brown's market wasn't as big as he had hoped, but I know Houston has looked into him. Baltimore did at some point, although I don't think they'll be involved. And, you know, I, I know the Saints at one point. So it's really going to be probably a few teams. I don't think it's going to be a huge market for him, uh, but there will be a few contenders. And, and I was told – Somebody close to Brown that like he doesn't want to go out like this. You know he's been out of the game a year and a half. He wants to try to salvage whatever career he has left, and that probably means taking a, a discounted contract. One would assume at minimum, and and then there are other hurdles to be jumped here as well. Right, there is still an open investigation that that the National Football League has not concluded. And where does that stand, as best we know, and and what could that mean for his eligibility going forward? Yeah, so that case is ongoing. I mean, it's uh, the lawyer for, for Brittany Taylor um, has been dealing with Antonio Brown's people, and the, the case has, has been dragging on. They thought it would be basically over by now, but uh, Antonio hadn't provided the proper documentation uh, on, on his side of things um, to make things clear of, of his intentions and his relationship with her in the past. So, uh, you know, there's, there's been uh, difficulty pinning that case down, and so as a result, it's sort of wait and see on that so that the league could add games based on what they find on that case. It could be in November. It could be after this season. So I, I think the way teams are proceeding is as if he will miss the eight games, which, which are almost expiring, and then they'll go from there. I don't think they expect many additional games, but it is a wild card in this case. So his eligibility remains somewhat in question even after the move is made. And here's really the most complicated question, Jeremy, I know, but – what, if anything, do you know about where his head is at relative to all this? You, you said that he doesn't want to go out this way, but 
You know, we've seen some really erratic behavior, to say the least, from Antonio Brown over the last 18 months. And and that is to say nothing of the very serious charges uh, that that still exist um, against him. Right. What, What, if anything, do you know about his where his head is? Right. Well, Greeny, those major concerns have, have always been there for teams and for people close to him. Uh, the only thing I do know, talking to people in and around Antonio, is that, that he is trying. Uh, one push that he's made recently that uh, has been a welcome sight is that he hasn't been on social media. You know, he used to post some really inflammatory things on there, um, whether it was drama with his family, uh, with teams. And so, you know, he, he laid off that, which people think is a good sign. He has undergone some therapy. I don't know about ladies, but I know it was during last season when he was trying to get back into the league. He went through that process. Um, you know, and, and so th- this is somebody who goes through the mood swings that are very well publicized that people know uh, is an issue with him. And he can have a great day and he can have a very bad day. And so I don't know how much of that has changed, but he has made some, some light, made some slight alterations to his life, starting with the social media and just trying to lay low, hoping to get a new job. Uh, you know, that's been encouraging to some. All right, Jeremy Fowler, thank you for the insight. It's good to talk to you, and and I'm sure we'll do this again soon. Uh, That's Jeremy Fowler, our outstanding insider who was very plugged in. He covered the Steelers, so um, he knows that situation really well and knows Antonio Brown as as well, I I think, as any reporter knows A.B. And we'll see where it goes from here. let's, Let's talk about Seattle for a minute. There are two ways of looking at this. If we just look, let's just use two contending teams. If you're not a contending team, if you're a team that's hopelessly out of it, if you're Minnesota, Atlanta, the Jets, the Giants, well, the Giants are not, I put them in a different category because they're in a division, in theory, they could still win. But if you're a team that's out of it, I don't see any earthly reason to take a risk on Antonio Brown. Because um, if Antonio Brown isn't the difference between winning the Super Bowl and not then to me, it's a risk not worth taking. And I want to preface anything else I say about this by putting in something that should go unsaid, which is, or should go without saying, which is the charges against him, the serious issues involving, uh, that, that have been brought up, police matters, etc., are much more important than football. And, and those should always take precedence. And I trust that those are being handled appropriately. So anything we talk about here, we will talk about the football side of it, his impact on the field relative to his impact in a locker room and how much uh, the, the pros sort of weigh against the cons of those. I don't have inside information into the rest of it. And let it just go without saying that all that stuff is infinitely more important than anything we are talking about now. Having said that, from a football perspective, if you look at two different teams, one of which would be, let's just use, for example, the Ravens, who, who really kind of need him. They need a number one receiver. He would become essential personnel if he wound up there. And then look at the Seahawks, for whom he would be a luxury. They have DK Metcalf. They have Lockett. They have almost as explosive an offense as there is in the NFL. So he might take them to another level. He'd be sort of like the Chiefs adding Le'Veon Bell to the extent that Yes, they add Le'Veon Bell. They hope that it makes their offense even better. But if it were to turn out not to work at all, they're no worse off than they were, and they're still a great offense. That is how I would view this in Seattle. And I actually think that's a more sensible place to make a move like this than a team that desperately needs him. 
I don't think I would hitch my wagon to that horse. I think I would just sort of run along the side somewhat cautiously. If I'm Seattle, I think that kind of makes sense, which is to say, bring him in. Geno Smith is, is uh, vouching for him. He's the backup quarterback. Russell Wilson is vouching for him. He's the starting quarterback. Pete Carroll has a history of working with complicated personalities, to say the least. So bring him in. Hope that it takes you another level higher, knowing that if it doesn't, you cut bait before it turns into something that could really be a problem. Whereas in Baltimore, just a team like that, you bring him in, you all of a sudden try and make him an incredibly important part of your offense as fast as you can, and then if it doesn't work, you really do have a problem. You really were counting on that. So that makes sense to me. So a team like Seattle, for that reason, makes sense to me. I have no idea where Antonio Brown's head is. He's a person who his issues go beyond just being a difficult teammate. There's obviously a lot more going on there. Staying off social media is a good start, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything about his state of mind. So I would proceed very cautiously if I'm any team in this situation. Maybe I wouldn't do it at all. But if I were to do it, I would be more likely to do it if I had a team like Seattle for whom he would be a luxury than a team like Baltimore for whom he might become one of the most important parts of the offense. That was where my thoughts. I asked Dominique Foxworth about it this morning on Get Up. He saw it very differently. Here was Neek. I mean, I think A.B. is a unique personality, and I think Pete Carroll and and Russell Wilson probably work well with some unique personalities, but A.B. is a different kind of unique that I'm not sure that these guys are quite ready for. And there is every bit of a chance that he could come in and be fine and not cause any issues and be a great player. And I would understand taking that risk if you were deficient at receiver or you had some problems on offense, which it doesn't seem like the Seattle Seahawks have. So again, he looked at it differently. He looked at it as it's not worth the risk because you don't need him. Again, my perspective is it may be more worth the risk because you don't need him. Because at any moment, you can basically say to him, look, and Mike Tannenbaum has used this phrase on, on uh, the air with me before. So you know it's something that he has said. We are just doing a never-ending series of one-day contracts. Let's have the best day we can today. And if that goes well, then we'll worry about tomorrow. But we're not worrying about this is what you're going to do for us down the stretch and this is what you're going to do for us in the playoffs because we don't need it. We might be able to win the championship without you. That feels like a powerful place from which to do this. It is always more effective in any form of business to deal from a position of strength rather than a position of weakness. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Much more football as we go on the day. Next stop is Cleveland. I think this is a really interesting one. We played you yesterday the soundbite of Baker Mayfield. And I liked what Baker Mayfield said. I think that a lot of people are getting sick and tired of hearing from the Browns. And I get that. But the reality is, these are stars. Baker Mayfield is a huge star in the National Football League. Because he's a quarterback, because he was the first pick in the draft, because he's got this big brash personality, and because he does all these commercials. He's a star in everything but his play. And if you wonder why does he get a disproportionate level of criticism to other quarterbacks who play at the same level he does, that's the reason why. Because when you are a star, there is more attention. And in the society in which we live, particularly in sports, but this is true everywhere, 
If you want all the good that comes with that, it, you, there's a lot of good stuff that comes from being a star quarterback. You have to put up with the downside. Nothing is perfect. And if you're going to play the way he has played, then criticism is going to come with it. And I think he gets that. And I had no problem with what he said yesterday. Odell Beckham is an even bigger star. Odell Beckham is, he's right up there with the most famous people in the football world. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham is right there. And he is going to be at the center of a lot of this conversation. And with his team in the position that it's in, again, 4-2 and two coming off a terrible loss to the Steelers, he had some stuff to say yesterday as well. Here was Odell. I'm p- and at this point, I really don't care to keep trying to make myself look like a good guy into the world and all that because I am who I am. I got pulled out of the game. The coach said this was the best decision. It's eight minutes left. And for me, I'd rather take my over like a man. I'd rather take my win the same way. I want to be out there to the last whistle competing. You know, I love them to death, but there's people who have plenty of rings and consider the goat, and they do things on the sideline and, and they get away with it. And it's classified as passion because they may have something behind their legacy or whatever it is. And to me, well, we love this that much. It means that much. There's no way around it. I don't care if I have zero rings, 12 rings, 20 rings. I, I love this game of football. And I'm not going to keep doling myself for the world to feel like I'm mature or whatever word you would like to throw around it. I'm always going to be me and tired of losing, tired of losing to good teams and just ultimately want to win. So that was interesting. A lot of people were pointing that out to me, that he was taking a shot at Tom Brady. I don't think he was taking a shot at Tom Brady. I think he was taking a shot at what he perceives to be a double standard that is held by some in the media and maybe others well beyond the media in how we judge the actions of players. Some, like Tom Brady, who was talking about, can yell at his teammates on the sideline and we refer to them as a fiery leader. And then sometimes Odell Beckham can behave as he does on the sideline and we refer to him as a diva. We refer to him as a, a whatever he has been called, a malcontent, a, whatever the whatever the negative things that he hears relative to the way it is glamorized with Tom Brady. And what I would say in response to that is, yeah, that's the way this works. When you win a bunch of championships, you get the benefit of the doubt in basically all things. And when the only knock on a great player is everywhere you go, they don't win, then that is going to be part of the conversation. Is he helping them win? Now, I don't have any problem with what he said, and I don't have any problem with him being mad on the sideline about being taken out of the game. You heard what he said. He said, we were getting blown out, and I want to be out there with my guys to the final whistle. And he was aggravated about it, and he didn't keep that a secret. I don't consider that to be a problem. I didn't consider that to be an issue this weekend at all. If indeed there was criticism of that, I didn't hear it. So we never talked about that on Get Up. That's not something that ever got to be on my radar. I don't know anything, with the exception of the stuff that happened at LSU, from which he has now been banned for two years. I don't really know of anything that's been a problem with Odell away from the field in quite some time. I think he's been great in Cleveland. And I think he does genuinely want to win. And I think the frustration there is real. And if that bubbles over on the sideline sometimes, so be it. So I don't think there's any reason to compare it with Brady. Brady, when you win six championships, yeah, you get, you get away with a lot of stuff. Michael Jordan wasn't real friendly to his teammates all the time. It seemed to work out just fine for him. Everyone's personality is different. 
It does sometimes read a little bit differently when it's not the quarterback because we expect the quarterback to be sort of like a coach, whatever. The point of it is, with Odell, it's long past time for this stuff. It's time to figure out if that team can start winning. And if not, then I think the changes are coming, and I think they're coming at the end of this season. All right, we're just getting rolling. This is going to be a very, very busy show today. I have a lot to do. More football is on the way, including this. Coming up, they are among the greatest duos in the history of their sport. They are playing right now, and no one is giving them the credit they are due until I do it next. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, back with you. Half past the hour. Fun morning. We have work in here. Lewis Riddick will join me in about a half hour. We have so much football to get to. And of course, you can tell I'm a little extra excited. And that is because, hashtag Bubba, you know what this weekend is. This weekend is when real football comes back. The Big Ten is back, baby. Big Ten football. It's enough with all these wide-open offenses. It's enough with all these 50-point games. I'm looking forward to second and seven. That's the Big Ten. Second and seven. First and ten is a run up the middle for three hard-earned yards. Everyone gets up slowly. That's what real football is supposed to look like. So I'm excited to have the Big Ten back this weekend. My Cats play on Saturday night, obviously, the entire conference, and, and we just wish them the best, and we hope that they're all able to get out there and play. So I'm looking forward to that. A lot of good stuff going on right now in sports and thrilled that you are with me here to talk about it all. So right now, let me give you a little bit of straight talk, which is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. If you were just to close your eyes and answer this question without thinking about it, if you're driving a car, don't actually close your eyes. But just answer this question quickly. What's the best duo in the NFL? No further explanation required. Best duo. Okay, I can hear you. Some of you said... Mahomes and Tyreek. Some of you said the Aarons, Rodgers and Jones in Green Bay. Some of you said Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. I think I heard somebody say Dak and Zeke, even though Dak is hurt. And I'm sure a lot of you said Breeze and Michael Thomas. Well, here's your straight talk. You're all wrong. The number one duo in the National Football League right now, and it isn't close. Andy Dalton, CeeDee Lamb is Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry. It's just that simple. That's the number one duo in the NFL, and it isn't close. Over their last 16 games, so the sample size of one season, let me give you the numbers. Ryan Tannehill in those 16 games, 35 touchdowns, 7 picks. Derek Henry in those 16 games, has rushed for 2,068 yards. They are the only duo 
with 30 touchdown passes and 2,000 rushing yards in any 16-game stretch ever, ever. Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith didn't do it. Staubach and Dorsett didn't do it. Bradshaw and Franco, Peyton Manning and Edge, no duo had ever done that in 16 games before. And individually, their stories are just as good. In those 16 games, Tannehill has 11 with multiple touchdowns and no picks. That's the most in the league. Henry, in those 16 games, has rushed for 180 yards five different times. The rest of the league has combined for two. And it's not as though all of these numbers are empty. Quite the opposite. In that stretch, they are 13-3. and And they've beaten every team that was in the AFC playoffs last year. So you tell me why that isn't the best duo in the National Football League. The obvious answer is it is. So the question is, why doesn't anyone pay any attention to them? Why is it that when all of you were yelling out those answers to me, I didn't hear anyone say that? It's an interesting question. Maybe they start getting that attention this weekend. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. That's because they get the spotlight in the biggest game of the NFL season so far. Unbeaten Pittsburgh, unbeaten Tennessee for the top spot in the AFC. And they go up against what is the best defense in the AFC. That is a monster game. And I have been saying since August, and I yelled at those guys today, Lewis Riddick, Dominique, Damian Woody, where were you guys in the summer when I was telling you the Steelers are the best team in football? I'll say that again. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in football because half of football is defense and they give up 18 points a game. That's a defense that last year carried a team to an 8-3 and three record in any game in which their offense managed 11 points. Ben Roethlisberger scores 11 points before he gets out of bed in the morning. Roethlisberger is back. He looks fine. He's 11 touchdowns and one pick. They've done what they do, which is they've developed a receiver into a superstar in Chase Claypool, plus Juju, plus Washington. They can run it. Their defense is fantastic. They create turnovers. They're opportunistic. They just smashed the Browns this past weekend. The Steelers are the best team in football. The Titans are right there with them. What a game that is this weekend. Kansas City is the third team that I could see making that move out of the AFC. I think they've played so far like the third best team in that group. The difference is they have the transcendent quarterback. Roethlisberger is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I just told you how well Ryan Tannehill is playing. But Patrick Mahomes obviously is something else entirely. Something we haven't seen a whole lot of ever, if not never seen. So you never dismiss the possibility of Kansas City being there when it's all said and done because of him and because they're generally great. But the Steelers are the best team. That's a great game this weekend. I have the Steelers over the Titans 27-26 in what should be, I think, a fascinating game to watch. And the winner emerges with the inside track in the AFC playoff picture. All right, Baba, there's just something I want everybody to know. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. I am posting this picture on my Instagram page right now. So if you go to my Instagram page, at ESPN Greeny, you will see a screenshot that I am posting, and I, it, it just went up. So we had today, for the first time, the staff of this show, we're all getting to know each other a little bit. You know, we, we put this thing together in the middle of the pandemic. So most of us, and we've been in the same room like four times. I'm sitting in my basement right now for crying out loud. 
But on the way home today, I put together a little FaceTime. So I've got Liam, I've got Cliff, I've got Nuno, i got Bubba, and i got Ray. And we've got the FaceTime working. And as everyone pops up on the FaceTime, <laughs> there's really no other way to describe this. But Cliff is obviously in some sort of medical device to which we asked what was going on exactly in this picture. And it turns out he's at the chiropractor and he's lying in the thing. If anyone's ever been in the chiropractor where you're face down in the thing and he's got the phone there and I don't know if he's holding it. I don't really know how he made this conversation take place. And so my question is, is that the etiquette? Like if you have a pretty important work little conversation right? This is our first ever, as a show group, we were having our first group FaceTime. So I I appreciate the dedication of Cliff that he didn't want to miss this. But you know, you're in the thing. I don't even know what that's called. What's that called? The little thing you put your face in when you're going to get an adjustment. I go to the chiropractor. I like the chiropractor. This is not a value judgment on chiropractic. But is that or is that not appropriate etiquette? I took a screenshot of it because I found it so funny. So you can see it on Instagram if you'd like, at ESPN Greeny. And just let me know if you find this funny. You'll see like Liam is kind of laughing. Caught him in sort of an unfortunate moment there. My apologies to Liam in advance. It's not a very flattering shot of him. Bubba, there is no flattering shot of. He's just, he looks appropriately disheveled. Um, Thank you. Ray is sort of cut off at the bottom of it. But there's Cliff, quite obviously in the midst of like a medical moment. And he's there on the work, and it's distracting all of us who are trying to have this conversation. And he's trying to contribute. He's trying to help with good ideas. So I'd like to know if you think that is an appropriate way to, to carry on this conversation, or if it's appropriate to say, guys, I'll have to jump back in here in a minute. I'm very obviously having a medical procedure done as we speak. Liam, anyway. Liam first jumped in and asked him, he's like, Cliff, are you getting a massage right now? Yes, what what right. are you doing? <laughs> that is correct. It does look like he's getting a massage. And in then fact, he clarified it was a chiropractor appointment. Well, or, or he claimed it was a yeah, chiropractor. No, no, no. It, was, it was the chiropractor. Listen, I'm an old man. I'm 28. I got to get my bag adjusted every once in a while. Things hurt, man. I'm getting older. I'm getting up there. You're an old man at 28. You do realize that the shoes I'm wearing are 28 years old. I mean, I own clothing older than you are, Cliff. So anyway, Everett, take a look at the picture. You let me know if you find it as funny as I did. It's on Instagram at ESPN Greeny. Meantime, let's talk. It is time to throw the phones open to you. 888-SAY-ESPN. Middle of the week, we always throw this one out there. What do you want to know? Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The reaction is funny. People like the picture. Cliff at the chiropractor jumping in on the FaceTime, the group FaceTime for the Greeny Show staff today. The first time we've ever done that. Cliff <laughs> claiming to be at the chiropractor. There is still some suspicion it was actually a massage. One way or the other, Cliff, we all appreciate the dedication to the team. Greeny with you, and now it's your turn. It's time for you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It is official. College football is back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Let's do it. Calls are lined up and ready to go. First up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line is Levi. You're on ESPN Radio. Levi, what do you want to know? Greeny, what's more likely to happen? Seahawks 16-0 and or the New York Jets 0-16? Oh, that's, that's too easy. Levi, I mean, come back with a harder one. The Jets going 0-16, I think, is almost a lock. I think, I, I, what odds could you get on that in Vegas? They, they're, they're, I'm not sure who they'd have to play for them to lose. I mean, for them to win. I, I think 0-16, I think it is much likelier that they go 0-16 than that they go anything else. So not only don't I think the Seahawks will go 16-0 or anybody, but I, I do not believe the Jets will win a game. Let's put it this way. They'll win fewer games than the Seahawks will lose for sure. Levi, thanks for the call. Uh, Tim, you're next on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Tim, what do you want to know? If you are Trevor Lawrence, and it looks like the Jets are going to have the first pick next year, and more than likely the following year they will have another pick, so Trevor Lawrence can go back to Clemson, but the Jets are still there again. Do you just pull the Eli and John Elway thing and say, you know what, I want nothing to do with that organization? Because the problem is, is you can go to Woody Johnson and you can say, hey, get rid of Gates, but how are you going to trust Woody Johnson's going to bring in another capable head coach and not pull the same stuff that he pulled, making not only Gates the head coach, but of all things the general manager? He could do that Woody now. Johnson he, 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 he could do that now. He, he, he doesn't have to go back to college. He could do that now. Quarterbacks, players, people have been engineering their way out of situations that he didn't want to be in for a long time. He could actually absolutely do that without going back to college this coming year. He could make it known that he doesn't want to be in a certain situation. I don't think he has to go back to school to make that happen. Chris, you're next on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Chris, what do you, what do you want to know? I want to know why... Big Ben does not get any inclusion when they talk about the MVP talk. You look at his numbers, 11 touchdowns, one pick. Yep. Coming off the elbow surgery that most didn't even think he was even going to make it back from. Yeah. Your That's reasonable. I mean, the numbers aren't gaudy. Yes, the 11-to-1 ratio is really good. There are quarterbacks putting up insane numbers this year, like Russell Wilson. Um, and we, we sort of forget because they had a bye this past week, but he's been unbelievable. Aaron Rodgers was off to this incredible four-game start, and then you know they obviously ran into a brick wall in Tampa this past weekend. So, look, there are a lot of different things that can happen, um, and Roethlisberger is off to a great start, and if they win this weekend and he puts up huge numbers, then maybe his name does enter that conversation. But I think that the most important thing for the Steelers is to try and get one more ring while you have him. One more championship while you have Ben. I think the window is still open for another year or two. Try and get one more in. Speaking of one more in, let's get one more call. Dante, you're next on ESPN Radio. What do you want to know? 
Hi. I'd like to know for my cousin Billy what the odds are that Miami trades Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, that came up. Um, we talked about it here the other day. I saw Mina Kimes tweeted about that notion. I don't think that they will. I don't think the Dolphins are going to trade to a, excuse me, trade Fitzpatrick, regardless of the Tua thing, for two different reasons. I think people reacted to how disappointed Fitzpatrick was, but he gets it. His being disappointed should not be confused with he is going to become a problem. He isn't going to be a problem. He will continue to be a resource for that team and for Tua with Tua in the starting role. So that's one. Two, and it has to be said, Tua has a history of being injury prone. That's just the reality of it. Go back and show me the season in college that he completed without an injury. And I'm not just talking about the one devastating one that he had last year. But he was already hurt when that happened. And he gets hurt a lot. So Tua Tagovailoa is a quarterback that when you have him as your starter, you better have something ready as a backup. You'd better. So I think that that is a, a good thing um, to have Ryan Fitzpatrick there, who you have a lot of confidence in. So I don't in any way believe that, um, that they will trade him because I don't think he will demand it, and I don't think they think it's the right thing to do. All right, Lewis Riddick will jump in here next, getting set for Bears-Rams Monday night. We'll go around the NFL and much more with him next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.